Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining me once again. And for those of you who have not listened to the podcast before, welcome. And I hope you will enjoy not only this podcast, but the 150 or 160, I think it might be around that many uh, podcasts that we've recorded uh, over the last few years. Um, And I hope you stick around for the future as we continue to dedicate ourselves to understanding how is it that we can use the practice of content communication to help government communicate more effectively around the policies, programs, services, and their regulation. Because the issue of trust in government and trust in democratically elected institutions is a problem around the world. And one of the big opportunities for government is to better explain what it is that they do so people can understand what are the decisions being made and the reasons for those decisions. And it has to become a central and a core capability for government at a municipal level, at a state level, at a federal level, and indeed at a multilateral level. So as I say, we can rebuild that trust through people understanding. Now, look, they mightn't always like the decisions that are being made, But that's what the ballot box is for. You know, in democratically elected countries, people can then say, no, we don't like it, we'll vote you out. But it is the job of us who work in public sector uh, communication to support the elected government of the day and to do everything we possibly can to bring our knowledge, our skills, our behaviour and our attitudes so we can shape the stories in a compelling way so as we can get the message through in what is you know, becoming by the day an increasingly noisy, contested and busy way. Because really government is just another organisation or or other organisations that are competing for a share of people's time and their attention. So why would they be interested in what it is that we have to say? That's the simple fact of it. We can't just expect, we can't just think that... uh, well, we're government and people need to know and understand. Yes, in some cases they do, particularly you know around regulatory communication and people can't use it as, as an excuse that they don't know what the regulations are. But we, we have to be respectful of our audience. We have to accept that communication has fundamentally changed and inverted the pyramid. So people now get their information uh, from many different sources. They get their information through social media. They get it through family and friends. And the old days where we used to look to figures of authority to give us the information that we needed are long past. And so therefore, we as government uh, organisations and public sector organisations, we have to learn to compete. We have to learn to do our very best to tell great stories so people will pay attention to the decisions that we are making. And so that is essentially what lies at the heart of why we have developed the content communication framework. And before we get going, this is another one of those episodes where I am just going to speak 
um, for the next 20 to 30 minutes or so to take you through the content communication framework that we here at Content Group have developed in association with our good friends at the Australian National University. It's an evidence-based process. Uh, It's a best practice methodology, and we believe it is part of the answer, at least, for helping government build capability so they can tell better stories. Because this is the other thing. This is a muscle. This is a, a capability that has to be developed in government and has to be developed within the public service and within public sector organisations. This is so mission critical because of the way technology has changed the way the world communicates and the primacy and the importance of communication that government has to become better at it themselves. This isn't an outsourced capability. This isn't something where you can pick up the phone and ring your agency and say, hey, can you come and sort this problem out for me? Yes, from time to time. But what we want to do here at Content Group is to build the capability so communication can take its rightful place as an enabler of success in these organizations. So I would also encourage you, if you are interested, to go to our website at www.contentgroup.com.au and click on the research and you will find um, the basic outline and structure there. Um, And there are some diagrams there which which show uh, exactly how it works. And I am going to step you through uh, the steps of initiation, planning, uh, sourcing and develop, publishing, monitoring, and evaluation, and finally, archive, remove, and recycle before we enter evaluation and continue that never-ending process, really, of communicating effectively with citizens and stakeholders, and also to take on board the fact that we need to continually listen and continually monitor the effectiveness of our content and the effectiveness of our channels such that we can make changes as we get signals from our audience about the stories they're interested in, the channels they prefer, the times of the day that they like to get their information, because that is so fundamentally important if indeed we are going to earn a share of a person's most valuable asset, which is their time and their attention. So they are the five steps. And obviously the audience, which is in this case, the citizen and and the stakeholder does sit at the heart of that communication. We do need to be more citizen-centred if we're going to uh, attract their attention so as that we can uh, transmit better understanding. But at the same time, we have to be realistic in government and public sector that particularly in government, there are government priorities. There are things that government want to say. And so we need to bring those to the heart of what we do. So in terms of our modelling, we we don't just talk about this is audience-centred. We are realistic in understanding that we work for government, we have to understand government priorities, and that has to drive a key part of what it is that we want to communicate. And the other key uh, impacting variable around this is context. And as we know from working in the public sector, things can change quickly. Uh, Ministers can change, priorities can change, prime ministers can change. Uh, All things can happen very, very quickly as our elected representatives respond to what they feel are changes in environment. So we have to be absolutely antennas up, very 
uh, sympathetic and very attentive to what is going on in our context. And that can be internal context, but it can be, most importantly, external context. What's happening? What's changing? And how can we be relevant as we know um, that context continues to change. And we have to be also relevant around our communication to understand, you know, the different times of the years. You know, what do we communicate when it's Christmas and holiday time here in Australia? Uh, what do we do at, at Easter time? Um, what about the major public holidays? Uh, what about, you know, other major um, calendar uh, uh, activities uh, that happen during the year that will impact um, what it is that we want to communicate and when we want to communicate and how are people going to be reacting if indeed they are on their annual holidays. They're going to have probably a different view of the world, different channels to get through to them, maybe more time to consider what's being said as opposed to in the middle of a busy week, in the middle of a busy year when it's not school holidays and they've got their heads down and tails up trying to just get things done. So we have to be really thoughtful about understanding that context, because that is so fundamentally important if we want to communicate effectively. Because ultimately, effective communication is about effective reception. It's not just about what we want to transmit and what it is that we want to say, but we have to understand it's about effective reception of that content that we're creating so as that people can then act as we want them to uh, behave uh, such that we can achieve those uh, policy, program, service, or regulatory objectives. So that's just a bit of a, a, an outline to get ourselves started. So just going back to those five steps that we have, that initiation phase, very important. And certainly the first question that we ask is, why? Why is it that you want to communicate? What's your purpose? You know, what sits at the heart of why you want to go out into the marketplace? And you really do need to have a good answer and we have a, a, a template um, that's available that we call the five whys, where you keep asking that question as to why that's important, why that's important, so as that you can discover the essence and the purpose and the real motivating force for what is driving you into this activity of communication. If you don't have a compelling why, don't get started. Don't do it because you won't be able to communicate effectively if, unless there is that real driving force, that real motivating purpose. So once you understand your why, the what is the next part of the process, and that relates to objectives and really clear and stark and hopefully specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound objectives as they relate to our policies, our programs, our services, and our regulation. Now, I know in the public service and certainly in government, Accountability can sometimes be a big problem because people don't want to put themselves on the hook because they don't want to get measured because they don't want to be criticised for failing to achieve uh, a particular outcome. Uh, but we need to try to push back on that as best as we possibly can and try to get some form of measurement, some form of understanding of what is the objective that we are seeking to achieve. And then in terms of those objectives, we need to understand the behaviours of the specific audiences that we're seeking to reach, influence, and engage, so we can set some communication goals around that. And what I mean by communication goals is really about trying to understand how are we going to measure the things uh, like engagement, like activity, 
like uh, subscription numbers, maybe it's attendance numbers, but it's those things that give us some sort of form of uh, understanding that our communication is being affected, uh, effective. So objective, which helps us to understand behavior, and goal, which helps to measure that particular behavior and that activity. So as I say, it could be a sign-up, it could be a subscription, it could be an attendance, it could be web traffic, it could be social, it could be all sorts of things. But we want to try to think about measurement at the beginning of our process rather than at the end of the process. Now, at this point in time, you don't have to be absolutely 100% on exactly what it is you are going to measure and indeed just how specific those goals are going to be. But you do want to get it into your head that you're going to have to measure. You're going to have to have specific goals that can be um, attached to behaviors that are attached to the objectives if indeed you're going to be taken seriously. And this is part of the challenge and part of the opportunity of adopting the content communication approach is that we want to be absolutely accountable for the effectiveness of our communication. Now, The reason that we differentiate between the objective and the goal is because there's quite a lot of things uh, that could go into an objective that we as communicators can't control. You know, the policy may not be designed particularly well. Uh, The program, if it may be a grant program, uh, perhaps there's not enough money in the grant program and therefore no one's going to apply for it. So there are quite a number of structural Uh, impediments sometimes around the achievement of objectives, but that may not relate to just specifically our communication. So we need to build that differentiation between those those two things. And then, then we actually look at the next piece of the puzzle, which is then the who, which is the audience. Okay, who is it that we are seeking to influence? Who are those key audiences that we are looking to influence in order for us to achieve our policy, our program, and our service regulation, uh, our service or regulation. Who are they? Who are these people who we need to move along? Who are the people who we need to act or change or behave in a particular way such that we will achieve our objective? And then what do we know about them? How can we get more information? How can we uh, understand what it is that motivates them, what it is that moves them, what are their habits in terms of the way they consume content, what are they interested in, what are their challenges more broadly in their daily lives. So how do we sort of build up a persona and an understanding of that audience such that we can engage with them? And and then how do we map their journey from where they are at the moment, moving them all the way through whatever particular step it is to the desired behavior that you're seeking to achieve or the desired input that you're trying to provide to them. How do we understand that in such a way that we can really be effective? Because this, these, this understanding of audience is really going to drive the decisions that we take later in terms of channels uh, and stories and um, content types. You know, to me, This is the fundamental piece, and this is where you need to do research. Um, It can be formal research. It can be informal research. It can be old research. It can be talking to all sorts of people who may have insights about this particular audience. But what you want to do is really satisfy yourself that you know this audience better than they know themselves so that you really become familiar with them. And as you start this content communication process, that you understand and know what those interests are, how you're being able to influence them and how they're reacting and responding to them. It's, It's... To me, audience is the first, 
the second, the third, and the fourth most important thing in any content communication program because they they are the ones who will and and, and the way they react to your content will help to determine whether or not you're able to achieve your goals. And if you can achieve your goals, hopefully contribute to achieving those business objectives. So really understand what that is. But also at this stage, to be also understanding what sort of resourcing do you have to be able to reach those people? What are the other sort of risks and benefits and opportunities? Because again, we do uh, work in the public sector. And so therefore, risk management is really core to the way we go about our business. We have to understand the risks of uh, the engagement that we're seeking, but we also need to articulate the benefits um, and, and indeed the opportunities from undertaking this content communication processes. So that's really uh, important that we that we understand such that we can then make some some judgments and we can really anticipate just how our audiences are going to react and what are some of those risks that we need to mitigate and we need to understand before we make any further decisions. So that's the initiation phase and it really is that articulation of the need for content communication and the benefits that it will um, deliver but then this communication scoping that it must be in line with the, the policy, the program or portfolio objective And that is driven by this deep understanding of the target audience who you're seeking to reach, influence, and engage. The next step of the the process, we move into planning, and we then think about stakeholders. Now, stakeholders are not necessarily the audience. The audience is that specific group that we're looking to. But who are the stakeholders who have a stake in this particular policy program or regulation. They may not be the specific audience that you're seeking to engage with, but they could be people who influence that audience. They could be people who have, um, say, like a minister's office, uh, for example. They're a stakeholder in any sort of uh, communication. They may not be the specific audience, but they are the stakeholder. And it could be um, industry associations. It could be all sorts of different people who live around this particular audience. And Part of the process is to map these stakeholders and look at the influence that they can have on these particular programs and the particular audiences. So that's really important. The governance of the projects are also really important because content communication from a a government and public sector perspective is really a team sport. It's not just about communications people. You really need to have everybody who is possibly looking uh, or who can make a contribution involved. So you need to be speaking to the data team. You need to be speaking to ICT because they're the platform. You need to be speaking to legal. You need to be speaking to um, the behavioral scientists who may be able to help you with insights into the audience. It's a team sport. So if you've got responsibility from a policy end or you've got responsibility from a communication end, how is it that you can then Um, build a governance model that brings everybody along for the ride, that gets the very best of everybody, that that brings the the whole team together such that you can be much more effective and people can understand more broadly across the organisation what it is that you're trying to achieve. So this notion of governance to understand 
you know, what are people's roles? What's their accountabilities? How often are you going to, to meet? Uh, who owns the project? How are we going to report back? Because we want to make sure that people know and understand uh, the benefits uh, and, and, and the activity that, that we've agreed upon. So it's really important that that governance be thought about and that you coordinate the tasks and the inf information flows and you think about that early and you make sure that you've got everybody who can possibly need to be on the team on the team at the beginning such that there's no surprises and there's no resistance as you go out later on trying to seek people's support. So from there, it's then time to think about, okay, so what is the story that we want to tell? What are those calls to actions based on our government priorities, based on the context, but also importantly, that audience need? And then to think about what are those best channels, understanding and having done that research and to having known that audience better than they know themselves, what are the best channels? Is it an online channel? Is it an offline channel? So for example, if you're in government and you're trying to uh, communicate with people in a remote and regional area, uh, you know, creating videos on uh, YouTube is, might not be the best example because their particular connectivity may be degraded. So you might be better off sending a letter. If you're looking to communicate with people in nursing homes who are of a particular age, it's going to be different to communicating maybe a health message to uh, teenage schoolgirls. So you've got to think about that audience in the context of that audience and what is that best channel? Is it an offline channel or is it an online channel? And increasingly, you know, yes, social is great. Yes, it's important. I don't know, this notion of being able to bring people together where you possibly can to create those emotional human connections is so very powerful. And I think if there's ways that you can bring people together uh, in, the, in, in their human form, if I can put it that way, really think about that and really think about, you know, how then do you use those opportunities to discover more about your audience, but also to create those real human emotional connections such that you will encourage them to behave in a particular way such that you can achieve your objectives. So that's really important. Uh, then, is it video? Is it audio? Is it stills? Is it text? Is it graphics? Again, this is driven by the audience and their context and also driven by the story that we want to tell. Then what do we do in terms of technology? Is there marketing automation involved? Is it email marketing? Is it other things? This is why we need our tech people with us along for the journey so they can help us to understand what is the capability of our particular platform such that we can tell our digital story. Uh, and then in terms of timelines and resources and budgets, we really need to know all of these things so that we can make some specific decisions about those particular tasks. So that ends the, the planning piece of our puzzle. Step three is really about sourcing and development. That's about the creation and indeed the curation of content. So many, but there's so much content in the world today. There are so many people competing for time and attention. Who is it that we can work with in order to influence that audience? Who also has that audience and how can we use their channels? How can we use some of their content? We don't want to have to, be, have to create everything ourselves. We want to be able to get that message through, but we also want to really be able to work with people such that we can get the right types of content and the right types of influence moving. At this point in time, I do like to then go back to my goals and say, okay, 
knowing all the things that I know, knowing the resources, knowing the challenges, knowing the priorities, knowing the, the channels, knowing all of those things, what are these goals? What are these communications goals that I'm going to put myself, um, make myself accountable for such that I can judge the effectiveness of my content? Now, in also at this point in time, I like to look at making sure that the content that we're creating is consistent with guidelines. You know, we do work in public sector organizations and guidelines and style guides and accessibility um, and all of those key uh, culturally and linguistically diverse audiences, uh, all of the things that we need to consider as public sector communicators, we need to make sure that they're in the mix as well as we go about this creation and curation uh, process. And so is it where we're then sort of making our decisions, but then also making sure that at this point in time that we test and evaluate the content and we test and evaluate the channels. So before we go full-blown into our editorial calendar and before we agree on that editorial schedule, that we make some sort of assessment, uh, uh, assessment sorry, about the decisions that we've taken around content types and channels and stories and frequencies, and really also testing ourselves for biases. I think this is something that I've learned over the years is that often we get caught up in ourselves and we sort of move away from that that government priority or that citizen-centered design in that context, and we start to bring more of ourselves in, into the process and into our judgment and we really, having done that work in the initiation phase and the planning phase to gather as much information as possible, we want to test ourselves if, in fact, we've been able to successfully be able to remove the biases that we all carry around with ourselves. So then we move to those, after we've done that testing and evaluation, we move into that publishing and monitoring. We've got our editorial calendar, we've made our choices, and off we go. We test and we learn. We, we make sure that we've got the content right, we've got the writing right, we've got the, the imagery right, uh, we've got our timings right, and we're there in service of our audience such that we can move them in a way that they will behave and act in such a way that we can achieve those policy, program, service or regulatory objectives. We've got to make sure that all of our activity is tied to an objective. If we can't, we're wasting our time. If we can't measure the effectiveness, we're wasting our time. That's why that testing and learning phase is so important because before we go boots in, before we invest all of our money, before we make all of those decisions based around those particular channel types, we really need to have some sort of evidence that we've made good decisions. So once we get, we then move into this, uh, the, the fourth phase of the content communication framework, which is publishing, monitoring, and evaluation. So that's turning the handle. That's making sure that we're being reliable, that we are hitting the timelines that we said, that we are, as I say, in service of our audience, seeking to understand them, publishing, listening, monitoring, and getting the feedback to see, is our content resonating? Is our content moving our audience? Are we starting to see the activity that we need through our measurement of our goals, such that we can start to take some signals around that behavior. What feedback are they giving us? What content's working? What content's not working? The other year, I've, you know, I was absolutely convinced that we could start a blog around a particular topic, and I was convinced that our audience wanted to uh, uh, read the content, but they didn't. They weren't interested. 
So for three or four months, we tried it, but then it didn't work. And so we had to stop it. And this is the thing, you know, and this is why content communication is, I think, so valuable for public sector and government audiences, is that those audiences are going to be there for a long time. And we need to gather the data so as that we can understand, you know, what motivates them, what do they want to understand. We then to need to capture, you know, those insights and make those adjustments as we possibly can. So as we look towards that performance, which we've got from our framework, and we tend to like... Um, We've adopted the model of the UK government and their their 2.0 um, adoption of their measurement and evaluation framework, which is based on the AMEC framework, which is all about uh, outputs, uh, outtakes, and outcomes. So outputs is obviously the measurement of the of what it is that you're generating. The outtakes is obviously around those uh, attitudes, if indeed you're able to move people's attitudes around your content communication and outcomes, uh, which is generally takes a, a, a lot longer than the first two anyway, is, you know, were you able to successfully achieve your goals? And indeed, were those objectives able to be um, uh, achieved as well? Uh, outcomes is sometimes problematic because it does take a long time to measure behaviour change, which is generally the sort of business that government communication is in. Um, but certainly that's a framework that we're working with around our content communication framework and making sure that we're embedding that practice and that best practice so that we are accountable for the communication activity as it relates to those objectives and achieving of those objectives. So then um, the final step of our process really is before we sort of decide to go again is around this notion of archiving, removing and recycling. So if the content's still working, we start, you know, we either keep moving it along. Um, if it's evergreen content, we make sure that it's there and it's prominent and people can get a hold of it. If it's, if it's content that's time has come that maybe was responding to a particular issue, well, let's get it out. Let's get it off our platforms. Let's declutter. You know, often in public sector organisations and government organisations, we just keep loading it up, loading it up, loading it up, keep putting it up, putting more of it up, more of it up. We have to think about the experience of the audience. We have to think about, particularly now that people are gathering so much of their information in mobile environments, we have to make sure that that experience is so clean and so clear uh, and so in the best interests of the audience, that we've got to make sure that we do archive, that we do remove, and that we do recycle. And we make sure that we are, uh, obviously, we've got to track and, and, and make sure that we don't, you know, destroy the records of the content we've created. But we do, if it's not adding value, indeed, to the audience at that specific time, and it doesn't need to be there, well, let's see if we can get it off um, the platform into an archive. So if people do want to go and see it into the future, but it's not cluttering up and it's not making that a, a terrible experience where people are coming to our government or public sector platform, be it an app or be it a, um, uh, a social platform or be it our website, that we make sure that we really take that step and, and, and we, you know, our hygiene of our content is, is top shelf. And so once we make those decisions, we then go back to the beginning and we start again. 
and we basically go through the process again and we understand and we go back to that question of why you know we ask ourselves and then we go back to the objectives have they changed and there's a lot of stuff that you know if you're in a perpetual mode if you're in that notion of continuing to communicate with people you won't have to go back through all of that early early uh uh, foundational work that you've done in this particular policy program, service or regulation, you'll already have that in place, but you will have the insights and you will have the measurement from your particular content communication program, which will help you to make some uh, decisions. You may decide to make different channels. You might to make different uh, types of uh, content uh, the behavior of your audience may be changing, so therefore you've got to adapt to that, but then we keep going. We are in service of our audience. We need to understand them. We need to give them that information. Again, we have to understand context. We have to understand government priorities, but we have to be citizen-centered in the way we go about our work. So that's it. That's the way we go about it. And really, it's just turning the handle, being there, being reliable, understanding what the needs are, thinking about you know, the audience so that we can create content that answers their questions, that, that helps them to make better decisions, that helps them to access a grant, that helps them to access a program, that um, helps them to access a benefit, that helps people to understand about regulatory changes, that helps them to understand why that policy is in place uh, and why it is of benefit. So it's, it's a great and exciting time to be in the government and public sector business. And we think that this content communication framework that we've developed in association with the ANU, which takes into, be in, into account best practice, project management, um, strategic communication. We understand that risk and benefit are, are so key and we have to describe those risk and benefits, but we also put measurement and evaluation at the heart of everything that we do. So I'd encourage you to jump online, uh, learn a little bit more about that. If you've got any questions about it, um, send me an email, david.pembroke at contentgroup.com.au. Um, we will be sharing more about this because the Final stage of our research project finishes at the end of 2018, and it is our intention that we will open the methodology to government and public sector organisations around the world at a municipal, state, federal, and multilateral level so they can use it, so they can get it out there and we can create a community of practice and so we can really build that storytelling capability within government so we can address some of the problems that we know that uh, the WPP leaders report from uh, 2017. If you haven't seen that, Google it, go and have a look. It'll tell you that the government, the problem of ineffective government communication is a global problem. Uh, indeed, President Obama, uh, post his presidency, has spoken a number of times about the challenges that he had in getting his stories out and heard. And what content communication is all about is taking advantage of the fact that the factors of media production and distribution have been democratised by technology. We can all now be in the media business. So what it's about is becoming better storytellers, becoming great storytellers, to really explain those emotional pieces that we have in front of us such that we can move the audiences, the citizens and the stakeholders who need to understand what it is that we're doing so that we can, over time, rebuild trust in democratically elected institutions. So that's the mission. The mission here at Content Group is about helping government strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens through effective content communication. And I hope that you will help us to do that 
and you'll join us on the journey as we continue to experiment and understand. We will be continuing with our research to start to continue, particularly to look at some of those um, channels uh, as you know, sensors pick up, as uh, data becomes even more prominent, as artificial intelligence starts to play uh, an even more fundamental role in the way that we will access information when we've got sensors on all sorts of things that is giving us sort of insights into what people are doing. You know, machine learning uh, kicks in, uh, the role of voice. So there's a lot of research that we're going to continue to do. And if you are interested in that as well, please let us know and get in touch and we will put you in contact with our researchers. So there we go. Thanks again for tuning in uh, this week to this special one-off episode as we've gone through the content communication framework. I hope it's been valuable. I hope you can take those steps to improve your communication. Uh, But for the moment, it's bye for now, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. 